0: hello and welcome to another edition of the personal growth book club my name is caleb and i am so pumped that you are here with me this week at the personal growth book club we believe that the fastest way to a better life is through a deeply ingrained success mindset Together each season, we study powerful personal growth and development books, information that has been collected over lifetimes, handed down from generations, and proven to work for millions of people. Not only will you get the opportunity to study these books in depth along with me, but you will be a part of a success-minded community of people just like you. Guys, you do not want to miss this. Let's build the life you've always wanted together. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Personal Growth Book Club. I'm super pumped to have you all here. I missed you guys. Let's get started. Okay, so just a couple of housekeeping things. So if this is your first time listening, welcome. Very excited to have you. Um, I'd recommend starting from the very beginning of the season, just so that you guys are missing anything. You guys are getting all caught up. We've got several action items now that everyone has been staying disciplined and following through on. And something that is super important that I haven't mentioned at this point, which is crazy, is get yourself an accountability partner. Find somebody, friend or family, maybe somebody you work with who will go through this book with you, we will go through this podcast with you and help to keep you on task, help to keep you disciplined and help to make sure that you are getting everything done that you want to be getting done. I think you're three times more likely to... Follow through with all this stuff if you have somebody keeping you accountable. It's the same thing as if you have somebody going to the gym with you regularly. If you have somebody there every morning or evening, whenever it is, counting on you to show up, whether it be to help them or just counting on you to be there, you're a lot more likely to go. And it's the same same exact situation here. We are reading the 1963 edition of this book and that's really for no reason in particular this is the version of the book that was gifted to me a few years ago and that's what we're going with so i'm sure if you have a different version of the book or if you have heard that a different version is better i don't know uh... but it's probably easier to follow along with the nineteen sixty three edition just simply because there's some headings that have broken down each chapter and i don't know if that's the case with all of the other versions as well last week we discussed chapter number two desire and up to this point we have several action items I'm just gonna touch on them here the first couple are delegated from me the first being paying close attention to what your thoughts are throughout the day are they aligned with what you truly want second write down any idea crazy or otherwise that pops into your head that you believe is worth noting from last week delegated from the author, Napoleon Hill, is coming up with your statement of desire and then repeating that first thing in the morning and last thing at night before you go to bed. This week, we are discussing chapter number three, faith. Hopefully, you guys are starting to see a pretty major theme after reading this chapter. Again, just like the last chapter, it is packed with some great content I hope you guys went through it at a steady pace and really kind of tore into these sentences and really understood what Napoleon was trying to get across in each of these sections. If not, and you have some questions, please, please, please reach out in the Telegram group. That's t.me slash pgbclub. And the Telegram app is easy to find. You can get it in the Google Play Store or in the Apple App Store. Okay, everybody, let's get into it. Introduction section. To begin, I want to start with my favorite quote from this chapter. Napoleon says, Every man is what he is because of the dominating thoughts which he permits to occupy his mind. This is what I'm talking about with the theme. It's about mindset. Mindset is makes you what you are. Before we jump into the nitty gritty of this chapter, I think it's important to note at this point that faith is an emotion. And the reason that I say that right now is because as Napoleon discusses the concept of faith, I think it's helpful to note that it's not a state of mind, it's an emotion like happiness, sadness, joy. It's basically a feeling, an example that hopefully a lot of people will understand. If you think of Peter Pan and the fairy dust that makes him fly, you know, he put the fairy dust on and he says, the only way to fly is if you think happy thoughts. Okay, so imagine faith like a happy thought, something that makes you joyous the second that you think of it. Faith is a very similar concept. So if your goal is to have a million dollars by January 1st, then the automatic emotion that you feel when you think about that should be faith, should be the feeling that you will 100% have that money by that day. So I've got a really pretty little drawing here, and when I say pretty, I mean not pretty at all in my notes if you guys end up do- donating and want a copy. so. Napoleon says, first, faith and thought are blended. Again, the emotion of faith and a thought are blended. The subconscious receives it, at which point it translates it to its spiritual equivalent. From that point, it transmits it to infinite intelligence. Now, infinite intelligence is this concept that there is essentially a giant pool of energy A giant pool of thought and ideas that exist infinitely all around us. According to Napoleon, the most powerful of all major positive emotions are faith, love, and sex. I know that sounds kind of weird, but there's actually an entire chapter dedicated to the concept of sex transmutation. We'll get into that later, but it's actually kind of interesting and a rather complex topic. Once blended with faith, a thought is essentially colored, quote unquote, in such a way that it instantly reaches the subconscious mind. So the subconscious can only receive a thought which has been given a certain emotion. Now that emotion can be positive or negative, as we're going to find out later, but positive reaches the subconscious a lot faster and a lot stronger, especially with repetition, purposeful repetition. Once in the subconscious, it is converted into its spiritual equivalent. Now, what is a spiritual equivalent? I equate it to a vibration or a specific type of energy, which is the only form that then induces a response from infinite intelligence. A lot of you are probably like, whoa, what is he talking about? Yes, Napoleon does have some pretty deep thoughts and some pretty deep concepts with some of this stuff, basically about a whole nother dimension, a pool of ether, infinite intelligence that we cannot see of thought and energy. And no matter what you believe, I'd recommend keeping an open mind. The more open that you can keep your mind, the easier it's going to be for all of us to follow along. So I'm curious, what do you guys think is the definition of faith? Personally, I think it can be described as the emotion affiliated with truth. A really good example that recently popped into my head was when I was applying for school, I had applied for a scholarship which would cover half of my tuition throughout my four years. It was a big deal. So I put together an application and it was really good. But throughout the application process, I knew, for some reason, I knew and was convinced that I was going to get that scholarship. When I envisioned myself going to school, I only envisioned myself paying half of the tuition. I envisioned less of a financial burden on myself and what that would feel like. I was counting on that scholarship and did not have a doubt in my mind that I was going to get it. Whenever I thought of that scholarship, I thought thought of it being mine. That's what faith is. It's the emotion of believing that something is true or it's that something will happen. Something. It's almost like, and I think we've talked about it several times, is the feeling that something is already yours. How to develop faith. Quote, a repetition of affirmation of orders to your subconscious mind is the only known method of voluntary development of the emotion of faith. So faith can be induced or created by affirmation or repeated instruction through the principle of auto-suggestion. That's essentially saying that just like what we're doing now with our statement of desire by repeating it every morning and every evening, That's basically what auto suggestion is. The only way to associate faith with a thought is to repeat it to yourself while deliberately feeling faith until your subconscious mind believes that you have it and automatically associates that thought with faith. Here the author talks about the examples of criminals. He talks about the criminologist who says, criminals start out hating crime. But as they are around it more and more, maybe they commit a crime, they see others committing crimes, it starts normalizing it in their mind to a point where they just start accepting it and having faith that it's something that has to be done or it's something that is normal. I think the same can be said for the people that surround you in your life and success. If you surround yourself with happy, successful people who are disciplined like you, you're going to start assimilating some of their thoughts and actions to the point where you may develop some of those mindsets just like a criminal develops the mindset of normalized crime. Any thought that has been emotionalized really with any emotion anger, happiness, sadness, and mixed with faith or the truth emotion begin immediately to transmute themselves into their physical equivalent or counterpart. That's pretty crazy to think about. So if I think about getting a million dollars by January 1st and I say, I will have that money by January 1st and I, um, I associate it with the emotion of faith and but also the emotion of joy because positive emotions are much stronger than negative emotions. The universe, essentially, and again, this gets kind of deep, but keep an open mind. The universe starts bringing this stuff to me as I'm thinking about it almost immediately. So the stronger those emotions are and the more frequently that you can believe it, if you can believe it all the time, I think the the quicker it shows up in your life. It's almost like there's two levels of faith. There's the level of faith that you purposely meditate on or send to your subconscious mind. But then there's also a level of faith that once your subconscious starts to believe that you are going to achieve what you're setting out to do, it then passes back a level of faith, which it's going to send out into that infinite intelligence, send out into that infinite pool of energy and once it does so according to Napoleon in this section it will shortly be followed by definite plans for procuring it so it's almost like your subconscious mind starts broadcasting this emotion of faith and in return it starts receiving or tuning into the frequencies of the things that you need to do in order to actually achieve what you're setting out to do so that kinda makes me ask what about the plans that we came up with in the previous chapter we were told in the last chapter to come up with a definite plan of action already how was i supposed to do that if i wasn't already in a true spirit of faith admittedly this kind of confuses me too although you may have developed those plans while not in the spirit of absolute faith yet Those plans can be modified as you go along, so long as you feel a strong urge to make the correction. So you're not gonna make a correction willy-nilly. But if suddenly you have a sudden impulse of thought to make an action, to change something in that plan, then go ahead and do it. But don't start second-guessing yourself or say, you know, give up and... My question is, if this is true, why is Napoleon introducing it as the second principle? Shouldn't it be last? Clearly Napoleon wanted us to understand this already so that we can be developing it and focusing on it early on and automatically assume that just because something doesn't work immediately that your plans aren't working. No, this is more of a, you're going to get a very, very strong feeling or concept idea that maybe changes course a little bit. But you'll know when that happens. It's not going to be something that you're second guessing. The author also says that faith is developed through the 13 principles of this book. No one is doomed to bad luck. Some tough love from Napoleon in this section. People who seem to always have bad luck do so because of their belief in their propensity to have it. Similar with people who are always worried about getting sick. It seems like they're always sick. It's because that's their belief. Guys, it is so important to dominate our, th- our thoughts, to dominate our minds with more positive thoughts and overwrite those negative thoughts and those negative beliefs. Now, the reason I say overwrite is because it's almost like Try not to think of the color red, right? If you say, don't think of the color red, you're going to think of the color red. If you say, don't think negative thoughts, you're going to start thinking negative thoughts. So instead of trying to delete a thought, try to overwrite it. Try to think of what it is you truly want. This is why we have spent so much time defining what it is that we truly want. Because if we have a clear idea of what that is, when we catch ourselves thinking negative thoughts, we can associate our mind with the joyful thoughts of what we actually want. And we can quickly change that thought pattern. And perfection of this concept comes through practice, not just reading about it. And that's what we're doing here in this book club is we're putting into practice these principles and keeping each other accountable. So if you are or have been that person who is constantly worried about being sick or something bad happening to you, remember, the subconscious will translate both positive and negative beliefs just as easily. It doesn't pick and choose. However, the positive emotions and the positive thoughts reach the subconscious mind much more quickly. The only difference is the positive emotions are a little bit more difficult, and you have to be more purposeful once you're in a negative mindset. And the negative mindset has come to us so easily because of the world around us. The news, social media, literally everything surrounding us in popular culture today is steeped in negativity. It's time to start cutting that stuff out. Guys, it doesn't serve us. It's not good for us. It's not what we need. We're in control of our destiny we are the master of our fate and the captain of our soul when my wife and i moved here back in february it seemed like i was getting stopped at every single red light in the city and it was driving me crazy but then i came to the realization that my life is the result of the dominating thoughts of my mind so i decided to change my mindset to say i always hit green lights every time i'm going through an intersection the light is green or if it was read, it shortly stops, it shortly changes, and I don't have to stop at all. And believe it or not, this actually works. I don't know how to explain it, but it's basically the same concept that Napoleon is pushing here. If you dominate your thoughts with positive ideas and faith in positive things, those positive things are going to come to you. I started believing that every single stoplight that I was going to go through was green, and now it's happening. It's, it's blowing my mind, to be honest. Try your own green light experiment. It doesn't have to be stoplight specifically, but just something small that you see regularly that you think would be easy for you to change or think about differently. Faith is a state of mind which may be induced by auto-suggestion. Napoleon says, quote, faith is the eternal elixir which gives life, power, and action to the impulse of thought. Now, in this short little section of the chapter, Napoleon basically says that faith is everything. He says it's the starting point for the accumulation for all material things. He says it's the basis for all the miracles and mysteries that mankind has ever seen. It's the thing that if you mix it with prayer or meditation, it gives you a direct way to communicate with the infinite intelligence. It takes your thought vibration and it converts it into a spiritual vibration. And it's the only agency through which the cosmic force of infinite intelligence can be harnessed and used by man. Again... To me, what Napoleon is saying here is that faith is everything. So you've got the mindset of success, the mindset of achieving exactly what it is that you want and you have the emotion of faith backing it. And that's all you need. The magic of self-suggestion. The power of this concept can be summed up in one statement one comes to believe whatever he repeats to himself whether it be true or false it's just like i say at the end of every episode the quote from henry ford whether you think you can or you think you can't you're right any idea thought plan or purpose can be planted in the mind with repetition even personality handicaps quote-unquote like timidity or social anxiety can be surmounted with auto-suggestion. This is such a powerful tool. And the best part is there is a level of automation with it too. See that thoughts that you think start attracting similar thoughts. Have you guys ever noticed how if a day starts out bad, it typically ends up ending worse? That's because you start out thinking negative from the off the bat, and you start attracting similar vibrations and similar thoughts that then dominate your mind. And so as you go along throughout your day, you keep finding things to be negative about. You keep finding things to focus on that don't make you happy. So all it takes is to overwrite those negative thoughts with positive thoughts, with things that you want to see. And eventually, that day will improve. Have you guys ever heard the term, fake it till you make it? Guys, this is so applicable here. Have you ever heard a successful person talk about how when they were becoming the best at something, they believed that they were the best at it? That's because as they believed that they were the best, it attracted similar thoughts and thus actions which would help them to get to be the best. The path to becoming the best clearly unfolded before their eyes because they believed that they would be the best. So the phrase shouldn't be fake it until you make it. I think the phrase should be believe it until you make it. The self-confidence formula. In this section, Napoleon lays out the five auto-suggestion statements That he wants everybody to be repeating on a daily basis. Now I'm not going to read it all out here because everybody's got the book. But Napoleon says that this formula is backed by the law of nature. That mankind has yet to explain. But what matters is that you use this law to your advantage. And be deliberate not to use it to your detriment. There's a lot to swallow in, in this section. There are action items buried within action items. But don't worry. I've got them broken down in the spreadsheet, which you can find in the Telegram group. So that's t.me, P-G-B Club. A little tip I would recommend, because this is something that you're going to be saying daily, and Napoleon wants you to memorize it, I think to feel the emotion when repeating this formula out loud to yourself every day. Imagine yourself the hero in an epic movie scene, and you're talking in front of, thousands of people and you're trying to get everybody fired up and then hopefully over time you're going to associate this the repetition of the self-confidence formula with the emotion of faith the disaster of negative thinking there's an awesome poem in this chapter as you guys read and it ends with "soon or late, the man who wins is the man who thinks he can." There's an awesome analogy here, like the wind which carries a ship east and another west. The law of autosuggestion will lift you up or down according to the way that you let that you set your sails of thought. So imagine that there is an infinite. Number of paths or an ins- infinite number of ways that the wind is blowing. It's just a matter of setting your sails with the right wind. That's very true. He's talking about setting your sails and letting negative thought push you in the direction of negative outcomes. So set your sails to positive thoughts. Let your life guide you to the things you actually want instead of the things you don't want. The wind is blowing in an infinite number of directions. So I just did a quick Google image search to put something in my notes here and came up with kind of a cool picture and it says adjust your sales to the future. And I think it's awesome, but the only thing that I add or would like to change is I think it should say adjust your sales to the future you want. And when Napoleon says that negative thought is, could lead you to disaster, What genius lies asleep in your brain? Somewhere within each of us is the seed of achievement which, if aroused and put into action, would bring us to heights we could never imagine. In this section, Napoleon talks about something really important, and that is the emotion of love. He gives the example of Abe Lincoln who had been through a lot of failures, a lot of sorrow, but because of the love of a woman and the desire to make her happy, he was able to plant that seed or really find that seed and nurture it and turn it into something great. He also gives the example of Gandhi, how he performed essentially the miracle that he was able to move millions of people in unison strictly on his own faith And love for everybody. He didn't have any power. He didn't have any money, but he was just so set on the love for other people and believing in loving others that he was able to achieve exactly what he wanted. And it's absolutely mind boggling because every one of us has this ability. Abe Lincoln, Gandhi, they're both, they were both just normal men. There was nothing special about them. It was their choices and their mindsets that they carried through with that allowed them to achieve some of the most important things in recent history. How an idea built a fortune. In this story, Napoleon demonstrates the concept of giving before you try to get. Now, this is the third time reading the story for me and I'll admit it's actually kind of confusing for me at least it was the first time first couple times because there's so many players in this particular story so hopefully you guys understood what was going on if not not to worry I've got it broken down too so we can kind of work through it together. So these two guys arrange a meeting of some of the richest people in the country 80 of the richest men get together at the University Club on Fifth Avenue. And what they wanted to do was introduce Charles M. Schwab to the Eastern Banking Society. Now Charles ran Andrew Carnegie's steel business as the president. Andrew Carnegie owned the largest steel corporation in the country at the time. Now the two guys that arranged this meeting, before they started, they warned Charles Schwab not to talk too much as it might bore everybody. So the seven or eight course dinner went as normal, um, pretty minimal conversation. And at the end, of course, Charles didn't listen to the hosts, and he gave an hour and a half speech after dinner. The speech absolutely mesmerized everybody in the room, particularly J.P. Morgan who led Schwab over to a recessed window where the two of them sat with their feet dangling and they talked for over an hour. And ultimately what the speech did was make J.P. Morgan see that he needed to join forces with Andrew Carnegie, whom he had been trying to compete with for years. Schwab explained in his speech that instead of trying to monopolize the steel industry, Everybody should work together to make steel cheaper, which would allow them to capture a completely new set of markets. So after everybody goes home, J.P. Morgan considers the speech and his conversation with Charles for about a week. Then he sent for Schwab, who basically said he couldn't because Carnegie probably wouldn't like it. Again, these guys have been competing for a pretty long time. What ended up happening is they set up a quote-unquote chance meeting at a hotel, but Morgan actually ended up being inconveniently sick and insisted that Charles Schwab go to his home, so he did. Now Schwab, Morgan, Robert Bacon, who would be Morgan's partner, and John W. Gates met to discuss the coalition of the steel companies that Schwab thought would be essential in this merger. Schwab brought along with him six sheets of handwritten notes with all of the financials for these companies. After a long night of discussion, pretty much everybody was on board. Then, The next morning, the only question was, will Andrew Carnegie sell? Schwab believed that this company of Carnegie's was worth over $320 million. well the figure he came up with was $320 million. Schwab and Carnegie had a game of golf in January in Westchester. No mention of the buyout was mentioned during that game, but instead, in the cozy Carnegie Cottage nearby and afterwards, using the same techniques that he had used that night in New York, Schwab spoke with Carnegie about selling. After some talking, he ended up convincing him to sell for $400 million. Now, of course, they had absolutely no trouble raising that money, And Charles Schwab became the president of the newly formed United States Steel Corporation. Riches begin with thought. So what's the lesson in this story? The merger of these businesses started in the mind of one man. The idea of Charles M. Schwab plus the faith he conveyed to the tycoons ended up bringing a profit of $600 million. Just one idea, one guy. Now before it happened, the merger in this story would have been thought to be an impossibility. The two major players involved were basically mortal enemies. They wanted absolutely nothing to do with one another when it came to business, but Schwab devised a way to make it happen, that benefit, all that involved. This is what Napoleon is talking about when he says something has to be given in order to receive. In this case, Charles Schwab didn't have to go out and do a bunch of super hard work. He didn't have to spend months toiling and selling people. Instead, his desire, mixed with faith, brought to him a plan which convinced the minds of other people To create something that had never been thought of before. Guys, faith removes limitations. Napoleon says, riches begin in the form of thought and the amount is limited only by the mind of the person who conceives it. As long as you believe that it's possible to attain, you can have it. I think this chapter on faith can be summed up in one simple concept, and that is literally anything is possible so long as the one who conceives it believes in it in a 100% pure spirit of faith. And the best part is, is Napoleon gives us the tools to develop that right here in this chapter. That is super important. So let's pay close attention, let's read through it again and let's make sure we're really implementing these ideas and really taking these action items out into the real world. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for chapter number four, Faith. What'd you guys think of the content here? I know at times Napoleon got into some pretty deep concepts, especially when it comes to the infinite intelligence sort of stuff, but I do believe that there are forces outside of ourselves that have a major part in how our lives are played out and the best part is is we have control over those invisible forces for next week we are reading chapter number four which faith is actually chapter number three i think i said four earlier chapter number four auto suggestion This is only a seven-page chapter, so it's a little bit shorter. It'll give you a little bit more time to really comb through it and spend some time understanding the concepts within it, so that's great. Also remember your action items from not just this week, but the carry-throughs from previous chapters. If you guys would like a summary of those action items, they can be found in the Telegram group. Go to t.me slash pgbclub. Also, if you guys like the show, if you love the content, if you're inspired, if you want to meet more people, be sure to send in some donations. Not a penny of what you guys send in goes into my pocket, but it goes to expanding our network, to making the podcast better, and helping people like us who want to be better and want to have better lives. Also, if you send in the donation, reach out. I'll send you a copy of my notes if you're interested as well. So with that, thank you all for spending some time with me again this week. Do your reading, do your action items, and always remember that whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. See you next week, everybody.